Hi, friends, and welcome to Rabbit Trails, a podcast created to cultivate conversation and connection. I'm your host, Andy, and today with me I have one of my favorite people, a built-in friend for life, a brother in Christ, and a cousin in life, Luke French. Luke, welcome to the show, and specifically to the very first episode of Rabbit Trails. No pressure, but you're the first guest I've ever had. I'm pretty excited for this conversation. I'm feeling the pressure, Andy. (laughs) I'm excited. Thanks for having me on your special podcast. Yeah, thanks for being willing to be on here. So the first thing I want to do is just kind of introduce you. I know a lot of people will probably know who you are, but some may not. So Luke and I have grown up together. He is um, my cousin on my dad's side of the family. And thankfully, our family has always been pretty close on the Vite side. And we host most major holidays together. Um, lots of random pool days or game nights throughout the year and typically a family vacation thrown somewhere in the year, whether it be snowboarding in the winter or going up north or something in the summer. And I feel like some people don't get the opportunity or maybe don't really develop friendship with their cousins. And I'm just blessed that our families made it easy for us to facilitate that kind of friendship from a young age. So, um, yeah, the first thing I want to talk to you about today is just kind of your background, your family life, how you grew up. Um, just so people can kind of get a feel for who you are and what makes you you. So, um, yeah, obviously I'm familiar with the home atmosphere you grew up in, but why don't you explain a bit about what growing up was like for you, your siblings and parents, church, school, sports. All right. So growing up, we grew up on a little road in Spring Harbor, Michigan, a little house with a cornfield. And I have two younger brothers, one's three years younger than me. The other one is six years younger than me. I'm 23 now. They're 20 and 17. And growing up was a lot of, you know, playing outside and playing sports, playing catch in the yard, um, freeze tag, riding dirt bikes, all that good stuff. And I grew up going to church with my family. We went to Bethel Baptist Church from since I can remember, really. And I came to know God when I was like four years old. I kind of accepted him in... Um, Kind of my mom made me do it. Like, I didn't really understand it when I was four. But, yeah, yeah, but that's kind of when Christ, you know, entered into my life and Mm -hmm. been going to church ever since then. Um, But, yeah, big into sports my whole life, ever since I can remember sports. What what sports specifically did you play? Uh, I played football. Uh, Soccer growing up, I quit that pretty early, though. Baseball. And then throughout high school, I played football and track and basketball. Kind of. A lot of lot of injuries, but, you know, we tried to play. <laughs> well, you come from a very athletic family. All yeah. three of you guys were always doing something. Yeah. Yep. So uh, my first specific question for you on growing up is what was your view of church like as a kid? And how did you feel about Jesus and God? And I guess, yeah, how it was introduced to you and that view for you. Yeah. So I, I was really shy as a kid and nervous. So mm-hmm. I... When we went to church, I just wanted to sit with my family, and then, you know, we had children's church, and they had you go sit up or sing on the stage, and I hated that, and Wednesday night services, and I did not want to go to that, but being at church on Sundays was, I I liked it. I liked hearing the songs. I didn't want to sing, but I liked being in there, Um, and then as I grew up, you know, I obviously, I started to like it a lot more, and I didn't really understand Mm -hmm. a ton of it, but I... I, I enjoyed being at church, and it, it was just kind of part of what we did. It wasn't like anything weird. It's just like going to school. You, yeah. We, we went to church. Part so. of the routine, right. What kind of faith walk do you feel that was modeled for you by your parents or grandparents, aunts and uncles? Yeah. Um, prayer is a big one. My dad would always pray 
for me. And on the way to school, we'd always pray for, uh, we'd say the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, that that good mm-hmm. one. And um, they always were talking about God and asking us questions um, during dinner, praying, and uh, they were, I always would see them doing, reading the Bible in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I had a good understanding of what it was. So given the home you grew up in and the atmosphere fostered by our family as a whole, like the extended family, um, what kind of view do you feel like that gave you on family in general in life? And do you think it's important to pour into those relationships as you get older? And if so, why does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, being with Christ definitely has shown me and my family has shown me that is relationships are very important. And I pride myself on the way I handle relationships and a big part of that is definitely Christ in me and my family showing me what it means to be Christ-like and you know I think you do a good job of this actually is you ask really good questions or you you just listen and uh, I know a lot of people like just care about themselves nowadays and you can kind of tell that Mm -hmm. in conversation so you know hearing people ask questions that you're like oh that's a good question or you know just carrying on a good conversation and showing that love that way yeah is a good way to do it and uh I, I try to do it that way, and it's very important because, you know, that's how you share his light is you stick mm-hmm. out from the crowd. And yeah. even within family settings yeah. where it's kind of a given that you'd have a relationship, it's still kind of like what I was talking about earlier where a lot of people just see their cousins at, like, reunion or whatever, you know, a holiday. But I know for you and me specifically, we text, you know, casually sometimes and update each other on each other's lives. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's just one way of intentionality of being like, hey, you're built into my life, but you're also an individual. It'd be cool to be your friend and get to know you better and pursue that relationship. Yeah, that's a good word, intentionality. Um, so yeah. transitioning a little bit past your you know, elementary age years and middle school and stuff, there was a time a handful of years ago when your mom walked through a hard season of illness and she was diagnosed and treated for cancer. So I have a few questions relating to that, if you're comfortable yeah. answering it. So what kind of impact did that have on you being, you know, that you were a young man in high school, you know, that wasn't necessarily the normal thing to walk through as a teenage guy and probably not the focus of many of your other teenage friends. So what kind of impact did that have on you? Yeah, I kind of want to start like, I remember the first, when they first told me she had cancer, I was, I was in shock, but Mm -hmm. I think I came home from some practice or something. It was late at night. It was like nine o'clock and my dad and my mom were sitting in the living room, and I'm like, what's going on? Because they had this weird look in their face, and they're like, they sat me down, and they're like, Luke, we got to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, jeez, I'm in trouble. Was this individually? or? Was yeah, I don't know where Landon and Gibby were. They weren't there, but okay. um, they're like, yeah, Luke, your your mom has cancer. And I I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I couldn't really say anything. I was just in shock. And then they're like, it's, I don't need, I kind of blacked out and like, they started talking. I just ran upstairs, and I was up in my room for a long time. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I dealt with it. I just kind of, I didn't know how to handle it, so I just yeah. kind of shut down. How old were you at that point? I think I was like 14 or 15. Okay, yeah. And I remember being up in my room and in the shower, and I'm just like screaming like, why, God, why? Yeah. And, yeah, that's that was the first thing I remember about that. And, really, I, it was, it was a hard time because my mom was in the hospital for a lot. Yeah, I just remember it being really hard on mm-hmm. the whole family and yeah. I kind of shut down for a little while for I don't really know how to explain it but internalizing yeah, things yeah. yeah is there anything from that experience 
that still sticks with you today or that you see come up in your relationships with your brothers or your parents or your mom? Well, we, me and my brothers always say this. We're like, Mom, you're the strongest woman we know because it's mm-hmm. definitely made us realize how important life is and how mm-hmm. fast it can be taken away from you. And just recently, a buddy of mine, his mom passed away from cancer, mm-hmm. Ethan Reinhardt's mom. So it really puts it in perspective of mm-hmm. how important life is and how important relationships are and how important it is to have a relationship with Christ. But that also being said is the hope that we have, Mm -hmm. you know, because my dad always talks about how, you know, his clients that come in and talk about having illness or whatnot. And he has to deal. He's like a therapist with his his job. And he always tells him about, listen, my my wife went through this and, you know, it was hard. But we always had this confidence, like no matter what, she's going to be okay. Like whether she makes it or doesn't, she's she's going to be all right. So that that was, that's it. there's a lot of good lessons that come from it. Mm-hmm. Though it's hard, but I think that's the beauty of it as well. So sure. that was during high school, obviously, and then she thankfully, for those who are listening, is in remission and has been. Um do you know what year she entered remission and has stayed there since? So I was either a, I think I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore, but I feel like it was my junior or maybe going into senior year that she was really good and then she just had her six month checkups right. from then on right. out. So a, a year or two. Yeah. 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 So walking out of high school, you chose to attend Grand Valley State University. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the transition from high school to college and specifically going back to what we talked about when you were a kid and your faith walk and everything. So where was your faith when you came into college? Uh to be honest it was a little shaky. Mm. I, I loved the Lord, but um in high school, I really wanted to be, I wanted to play college football and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And I had dreams and obviously that didn't happen because my knees. So I was, I was kind of angry yeah. a little bit with God because I didn't really understand it. Like I, I was just mad because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have what I thought my whole life was going to be. Mm-hmm. So going into college, I was a little bit unstable, I would say, in my walk with Christ. What was the atmosphere of your friend group like or your feelings on kind of the cliche college life, partying? that kind of lifestyle with going to a state school or whatever so we had my two good friends sam and noah went there together and we were kind of the good kids in high school we didn't really party at all but going there we were like whoo we're away from our strict parents (laughs) out of a small town where everyone knows everything immediately (laughs) it was time to let loose a little bit you know live the college experience and we definitely did freshman year i think uh sam would not mind me saying this, but he drank every single weekend of mm. freshman year, and that's kind of the atmosphere it was. It was a lot of partying, and there was, you know, smoking and drinking was the main thing. Mm-hmm. But it was not like bad. We were just having fun, you know. And then yeah. freshman year, it was it was a blast. It was one of my favorite years, um, because it was just so new, all these new experiences, and it was. But that was the environment it was party environment, and just kind of experiencing with things we probably shouldn't have been, but. <laughs> A lot of but people yeah. have the same story. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I remember my sophomore year of college, for those of you who may not know, but I think most people who are listening to this will, I attended Olivet Nazarene University. I'm a year younger than Luke, so my sophomore year would have been his junior year. Um, and so I got this video sent to me by a friend who was still living in Jackson, where Luke and I are from, and she happened to go to a Every Heart Ministries event that was being hosted in Grand Rapids, and they're just a traveling ministry group um, that goes all around the nation evangelizing and just spreading the word of Jesus, and 
doing incredible work. Um, anyway, so she sent me this video that was you and it was you professing the transformation that Jesus had had in your life and you being baptized. And I remember sitting in my living room and I had, you know, not really talked to you at that point about what college had been for you so far or what your faith walk was like, but I'm always a sucker for baptisms. I'm always crying even if they're strangers, but I, you know, welled up and was just like, man, it's so cool to see a family member of mine taking that leap and leaning into Jesus. So, um, I want to ask you about that. Talk to me about the moment. What led you to recommit your life to Jesus at that event? Yeah. Um, can I backtrack a little bit Absolutely. first? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So a little bit more about freshman year and the years following that. I think I got baptized at the end of sophomore year, maybe junior. But, um, yeah, so freshman year, we, like I said, we were doing a lot of the party and stuff. And in high school, I was the good kid. Like, I... I prided myself on being the cool, the cool, cool, the good kid though. You know, yeah, like yeah. I didn't do all that other stuff and I was fine. I was confident about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And do you feel I, like you didn't do the bad stuff because it was personal conviction or because that's what was modeled for you and you were told to do? Probably both. Okay. Probably definitely both. But either way, I was proud to be, you know, the kid that, oh, we're going to go climb on a roof, not go to drink right. some beers. Other, other troublemaking things, but not that. Yeah. yeah. So going to school and then doing all that stuff was like, it's like I lost myself. I'm like, who even am I if mm-hmm. I'm doing all this? Like, I'm not a leader in Christ. I'm not even living for Christ anymore. I'm kind of mad at God. I'm doing all this stuff. And, and it was fun for a little while. But I remember just totally, like, not recognizing myself mm-hmm. at all. I remember being, like, depressed severely and just uh, smoking weed instead and, and hanging out with friends. And, like, my friends would go do stuff, and I had to hurt my knee again yeah. and I'm just laying in my bed and getting high and my whole freshman year and it was, it was a big waste of my time and mental capacity um and that continued and then I went home for the summer and it was good to be home but I was excited to go back because I missed my friends and sophomore year was probably the worst year of my entire life because mm. I just kind of jumped right back into the smoking yeah, and the and the drinking and I was totally addicted to weed and I was considered a pothead and Mm-hmm. Um, also drinking and other things of that nature and just the party yeah. scene yeah. and I was at rock bottom I I was the most depressed I ever was I was the most anxious I ever was I was scared like I couldn't recognize my fun loving self that yeah. I, I am now yeah. and that I was in high school and I was scared and mm-hmm. I was I was sad and mad at myself I'm like because I thought you know I'm down this terrible path I'm I'm no good mm-hmm. I, I ruined what I had it's gone I can't get it back that old identity is just like yeah. gone. I'm like, I have no idea who I am. And I remember I was scared to talk to people at class. I was scared to talk to the person sitting next to me on the bus as I was mm-hmm. riding in class. I would wear headphones everywhere I went because I was just struggling mentally. No one really knew. Even my best friend, Sam Rains, doesn't even, he's like, really? Sophomore year? You seem fine. Like I would just play it off. Yeah. And it was, it was hard to go through all that. But I remember one night, I think I was high in my bed. <laughs> And I'm just crying out to God because I'm like, God, if you if you still love me, if you're real and you still love me, please forgive me and take me back. Mm-hmm. And I remember right, I prayed that prayer in my bed in that same moment, like the craziest feeling washed over me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my, he's real. And I, like, yeah. that's when I learned about God's real love for me mm-hmm. and about his real love for everyone. Because, you know, at first, you know, in high school, I'm like, God loves me because I'm the good kid. And... Mm-hmm. 
And then you're the bad kid, and you're like, okay, well, now what? Right. And then experiencing that feeling, I'm like, wow. I, I, I felt like that peace in my mind again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that wasn't permanent. I, I, he gave me a glimpse of what, yeah. it, what it could be. Yeah. And from that moment on, it was just a constant battle with myself and praying to God. Now, I, I invited God back into my life, and from that moment, it's been building blocks to where I am now yeah. as a person, and which led to eventually my baptism at uh i don't know when that was i think it was junior year so Mm -hmm. it was like a a year or so after that moment in my room that night what was that feeling like for you going into the water and having those people who also are believers in christ around you celebrating that it was amazing it was amazing you know i had this feeling like because i had already been baptized when i was 13 i'm like i don't need to do it right but being there and everyone's getting baptized and I just remember this beating in my in my yeah. chest. I'm like, ooh, that moving of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh, it was insane. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I think I need to go up there. Yeah. And I'm like, Noah, let's go. And he's like, Oh, you want to go home? Yeah, let's go. And no, I'm like, I need to get in that tub. And oh. he's like, Let's go. Oh yeah, he's the best type man for that. Yeah, he is. He's good at that. And <laughs> I remember getting up there I was so, so nervous I was shaking I couldn't even put my hand up to my nose right and then just coming out of the water just proclaiming what you know God had did, done for me and is continuing to do for me was yeah. a very special moment for me did yeah. you feel like living among, amongst obviously you were still in college at that point so do you, do you feel like living amongst that college culture after recommitting your life to Jesus was a struggle for you or was it something that you removed yourself from or what was that like? Like still being in an atmosphere of mixed bag. Like there's some people who are walking in faith with you, like yeah. you're some of your best friends. And then there's other people who maybe you're friends with casually that are not living that same lifestyle. What was that like for you? Yeah. It wasn't just like that night. I was like, Lord, please take me back. And it was okay. I was good to go. Right. No, it was a battle uh, every day. You know how they say, pick up your cross day. That was one of my mm-hmm. favorite sayings because it was a daily battle to get, to get back and to feel like I was living right. And, a lot of the times I still wasn't, you know, yeah. we're not perfect. And I, I still sinned a lot and did things I wish I didn't do a lot. Um, because, you know, I was living in a bad environment. And it's right. it's kind of hard when you got the devil on your one mm-hmm. shoulder and God on the other shoulder. So, And you're not strong in your faith and you're just learning. And uh, I remember it being very hard. And that's a big part of the reason why I, I dropped out and moved home. Because I knew I was like, I, I got to get myself right. Yeah. So kind of explain that timeline to the people listening of being in college and then choosing to go home and choose a different career path. After sophomore year, junior year, I was going to Grand Valley still and just kind of living, you know, back and forth. And um, I did a a full semester at GV and then I I did not. I wanted and then COVID hit, actually. Right. COVID hit and it was all online. Oh, okay. And I hated it. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do it. (laughs) And it, my grades were terrible, and I was still living bad. And I was just like, all right, I don't think it's right for me to be here. I felt like God was telling me I need to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the second half of my junior year, I didn't go to class at all. I just was kind of like trying to figure out how to be like an entrepreneur almost and mm-hmm. just going to the gym and hanging out with my friends. Is that when you started your clothing? Yes. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for I, those I, of you who don't know, Luke's got some awesome merch out there. It's uh, Christ-centered merch, too. I have Forgiven on a sweatshirt. It's awesome. Yeah, if you want it, <laughs> please buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's been on the shelf for a long time. It kind of died out on me, but they're cool Maybe shirts. Your, Still have a lot. Maybe yeah. this is your re-kickstart right here. Yeah. 
getting it out in the public. Oh Hit me up, Luke French three. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was what were we talking about? We're talking about, we're talking about the timeline of how COVID hit. Yeah, yeah. Didn't go to class. Yeah, so I was living. I was. Yeah. We were living. That that was a crazy year because COVID. And I'm, <laughs> I remember one of my roommates got COVID. There's eight of us living at this this two duplexes side by side, so four in each. And one of them got COVID, and we we're like, we're all gonna die. <laughs> no, we were like, let's all go get COVID so we don't have to do anything. Oh, together. oh, jeez. So he had this this vape, and we all went and hit it. Oh, jeez. To all get sick. So then we were all sick for two weeks <laughs> and playing Minecraft all day long. And that's kind of how that year went. It was okay, just yeah. all, it was just a weird year. But we were inside a lot because of COVID and school was not a priority. And yeah. it was just mixed living. Right. Which then led me to make a big decision, which was to drop out completely and move home back to Jackson. And I don't know. I didn't really have a plan. I thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. That was my plan. Go home and paint and maybe be a Christian clothing brand type of guy. That was the plan. Hey, not a bad type of guy to be. And also get a little reset and try and figure some things out and yeah. get away from all the get away from all the crap that I was living in. Yeah. So coming out of college scene and walking into an adult life, you now have a job in finance, financial advisor. Um, and I know you studied for that for a long time. So that's awesome to achieve that kind of career path and be walking into that. Um, but anyway. You're now back living in Grand Rapids, and you're surrounded by people who both are walking in the Lord, with the Lord, and those who aren't. Um, and choosing to be a disciple is choosing the road less traveled most of the time, especially in our age group and in, you know, bigger city settings a lot of the time. So um, finding men and women who are pursuing the Lord can be a challenge. Can you talk me through what walking with Jesus looks like in your life right now? So... I'll go through my little schedule, I guess. Sure, yeah. Take us through a day in Luke French's life. All right, so I wake up before I have to go to work, which is around 8, and I'll get up at like 5.30 and take a cold shower, and I hate it, but I got to get up so I can focus on the Word. Okay. I, I jump into the Word, and I put worship music up on this, the flat screen, and I do my my reading, and I type notes on Google Docs, and I right now I'm going through Matthew, and then also like uh, Proverbs and Psalms, and I just write notes on all that. But I spend about an hour in the Word every day, and I always listen to worship music, and then I do meditation and prayer every morning as well, just to kind of get me in the right headspace. And every day when I drive to work, I say the Lord's Prayer to just kind of remind me. And yeah. my favorite one part of it is, like, give me this day my daily bread mm -hmm. so He can fill me with all the things that I am called to be, and He created me to be. That's Man. awesome. I love that. Yeah. Kind of roping back to childhood there. Yeah. Saying the Lord's Prayer again. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges that you face in relationships or friendships where you're trying to seek Jesus and those individuals aren't yet followers of Christ? Yeah. So we have a friend group up in Grand Rapids, actually, that is, you know, they, they some of them say they know God. And I mean, they still they don't live like it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But we love them. We They're great friends of ours. And um, we live like 20 minutes from them, but it's hard going over there and, you know, they still kind of live the life that I used to live and it's definitely a challenge and I try to stay away from it and I'm glad we don't live next to them. And, you know, it's being in Grand Rapids, it's the big city, it's a college town. So you have to be on your guard. Yeah. yeah. Lots of temptation. <laughs> yeah. And you really have to just have a centered faith and a good group around you, which I do. I, uh, Sam, my best friend, me and him are very deep into the book of revelation and 
we always talk about it and are just I don't know it's it's kind of like a bible study but casually like all day long you know we're just kind of so into god and, and the live. word yeah it's awesome i love it and uh we have a good church and a, and a good group of friends up there that keep me centered so was it at all hard for you to go back to grand rapids like did you have any fears of falling back into that old lifestyle that had you feeling anxious and depressed and alone yeah so yeah it was i i knew i loved it up there i did love it more than just you know what I was doing but it's just there's a vibe in Grand Rapids that I really like and all my friends are there yeah. and I'm in Jackson and I'm with my parents and I'm like <laughs> so, time to get away from that <laughs> yeah my plan was to go home prepare so I could come back because mm-hmm. and it's exactly how it worked because you know I think God was with me on through every step of that but um going home was big recentering for me mm-hmm. and I really really grew in Christ and there was no distraction like I was so bored no my no no friends were there so what do you do I talked to God I went on walks talked to God I prayed I I read the Bible more than I ever have I learned so much and I didn't miss a day of church like I was I was so focused on getting myself back to who I thought I was going to be and I now I'm even God has took me farther than that which I praise God for that um and but yeah it was so I knew I was ready to go back because I, I knew my faith was so much greater and stronger mm-hmm. than it was before. And I knew who I was in God. Yeah. So that's what gave me the confidence to go back and know that I, I, I was going to be all right. That's awesome. One of my favorite verses has always been, the Lord gives perfect peace to those whose faith is firm. And that just feels like that part of that story in your walk to me, like the fear that plagued sophomore year of college for you. He took it and he reformed it into something that gave you the ability to walk back into that city with a new heart and a new mind yeah. and perfect peace. Yeah, I, I'm so thankful for what he's done for me because I, I was not, I don't know who I was, but yeah. I mean, he's someone who stores who you are and mm-hmm. you recognize that you have joy again and you can laugh again and you can be yourself again and you're yeah. not afraid. It's All those traits he put in you that are just unique to you somehow they're accessible again yeah and I can't express gratitude enough in words mm-hmm. but what ways do you feel that the Lord is still calling you to grow in this season of life um I'd say still stepping out and being more of a of a leader mm-hmm. um would be a big thing for me uh, and just probably being yeah being a leader through my actions and my words would be the thing I would say what are the blessings that you've seen in this season of your life? Well, for one, I've been restored and redeemed, praise God. Two, uh, he's brought me a great job that I love, um, and he has restored some broken friendships, not only with my friends, but my brothers, because mm. moving away for the first time to GV was, I was like, I regret this a lot, but I, I didn't talk to them. I didn't talk to my family very much. Yeah. just because I was out doing my own thing. And then moving home for a year and a half or two, I really got to reconnect with my whole family, especially Landon and Gibby. So yeah. that was a blessing in itself to reconnect with them and mm. have a great relationship with them now. Yeah, that's wonderful. And especially being the oldest, there's a lot of impact that you get to have on their lives without even intentionally trying to because you're you know, the one they're probably going to look to for the way that, you know, how they want to live their lives or what they see in you is something that they want to model. And so as an older brother, importance does that role have for you now that you feel like you're 
right with God and you've been able to restore that relationship with your brothers, is there a certain calling you feel to be just there for them in a certain way that maybe you weren't able to before? Yeah, um, definitely feel like a protector over them, even though I don't, I don't see them all that often anymore. But, you know, I, I try to reach out to them and just, you know, keep the relationship strong. And I feel like, you know, Landon's up in East Lansing now and I'm praying for him and Gibby. And I've seen them grow a lot, actually, especially Gibby. I've seen him grow a ton in his walk with the Lord. And I can't help to think that that's partly by my, um, you know, leadership at home, I hope. Because, you know, there's a lot of regrets I have about the example I set in those couple of years, Mm -hmm. especially for them, because that's not who I want to be, you know, or who I want to represent or, you know, make them think that it's okay to do all those things. And so those are some things I regret for sure, but with those two especially, um, but being home was a good thing for me to, you know, kind of restore things that I want them to know that I'm, I care about. Yeah. Well, I want to affirm you in the fact that I think what's almost a better example and even stronger leadership as an older brother is messing up and then getting right with the Lord or in being able to be vulnerable enough to be like, man, I was not in a good place. I don't love the actions that I chose. Cause you know, let's say that you kept with the goody two shoes track all the way through your 20s and then you know maybe they would have ventured into those dark places on their own and you wouldn't have had the right experience to be as deep of counsel for them and so obviously we don't know everything that they will face we don't know everything you will face but we know what you have faced and we know what they have faced and the fact that you have more um just a deeper understanding of what it feels like to be far from the lord and then to come back to him i mean i think that's a stronger example than not making those mistakes would have been because you know we can make mistakes but the lord always finds a way to make them good and i can already see that and my parents even we've talked about how i mean obviously my parents love all their nieces and nephews but they're always like man we love that luke is engaging with the family you know like game nights or always wanting to talk to the family members or i remember a thanksgiving a few years ago or before we all ate you were like i just want to tell you guys i'm so grateful that this is a family that knows the Lord, like as a whole. And what a blessing that is because there's so many families, even people who are Christians don't all have families who are believers. And like, that's a unique thing. We have such a good family. We do. (laughs) Such a good family. And there's so much humor and laughter and goofiness and, but serious love too. And even like our family down in Pittsburgh, I don't know how many people stay friends with their cousins or stay close with their cousins who live six hours away into adulthood close enough that we can call Ethan and Warren cousins, not our second cousins once removed, you know, like, and it just feels that way. And so it's such a good example set of like just the generational impact that you can have with family. Like last year when we lost uncle Dale, I felt like I told my families like, or my friends, not my families. I told my friends that I obviously his death was sad given that it was so unexpected and just like, out of the blue but I felt so blessed in the fact that I knew my great uncle well enough to cry at his funeral and it wasn't just someone I didn't know and didn't care about like Mm -hmm. he's not just someone in the family tree I whatever I knew him I'd talked to him I knew his life story a little bit he knew mine enough so that I felt sad genuinely in his passing and like that's unique not a lot of families have that opportunity so yeah anyway but I wanted just to let you know that I think our family has even been able to witness more 
of an open spirit in you since you've rekindled your relationship with the Lord those few years ago and like the way that you are just open hearted to people, you know, I think that that's something that not that you didn't always have that within you, but I can see how the Lord has drawn that out in you even more to emphasize relationship and just be like open minded to that. So um, um, thank you. That means a lot. To yeah, me. yeah, of course. What yeah. advice do you have for the young man or woman who is currently walking the path that you have? Maybe they're trying to seek the Lord and answers call upon their life, but they feel captivated by the culture they're surrounded by, or they're afraid of being the only one who's choosing something different amongst their friends. Uh, I would say that God's grace is more than you could fathom, more than I could fathom. Mm-hmm. And once you experience it, you you kind of understand a little bit better. So I would say don't be afraid to come back to God if you're far from him. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to jump back in. What about the person who's finding him for the first time or has never found him? Hang on. It's going to be a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> so to close up the show, I'm starting a new tradition with you here, but each guest has to answer three questions, and the rule is that you have to answer them with no more than one sentence. So... It's kind of rapid fire okay. style. Just say the first thing that comes to your heart, mind, whatever. So what's one goal you would like to accomplish in the next year? I want to be a fully functioning financial advisor. Awesome. Love it. What's one thing you would change in the world if you could? This is the first thing that came to me. Black eyed peas. Where is the love? <laughs> The world needs to love them a little bit more, so I want to be. I want to be the example. Perfect. No, that's great. I love that. To be the example, that's perfect. And what is something that you've helped felt grateful for specifically in the last year of your life? Um, I kind of talked about this a lot, but forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a broad as broad as that gets. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being willing to sit down with me today and be the first guest on rabbit trails um it's been awesome getting to chat with you and hopefully when you listen to this back you're not regretful yeah, that you did it. <laughs> i uh, i really enjoyed it so thanks for having me on. yeah of course well guys uh that wraps up our first episode be sure to tune in next week as the second episode will be coming out and uh be sure to shoot luke a message if you're interested in some merch luke french three something like that all right see you guys thank you